our next episode of Now That's a Crazy Story. We are on a parable study, if you guys are just now joining us, and it's been a pretty exciting ride. Uh, I am the youth minister here at White's Ferry Road. My name is Spencer, and I have with me today... Ella. Clark. Jocelyn. Benjamin. All right, good job, guys. We all know our names, so we'll see how we do the rest of the time. But uh, our parable study is going to be in Luke 14 today, and we are going to be focusing on food, feasts to be specific. You guys enjoy food? For the most part, yeah. For the most part, yeah. Got a favorite food? Steak. Steak, yes. Who doesn't love a good steak? Me. What? <laughs> okay, well, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Well, our people in the story are all driven and set around these feasts or these banquets. So, if y'all will, let's open up to Luke 14. We're going to start at verse 7. We're going to read about this wedding. Y'all hear this out. Now he told a parable to those who were invited. When he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by more distinguished than you, be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame and take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. So, let me ask you guys this question. Have you ever been invited to a party before? Yeah? A few times. A few times, maybe here and there, birthday parties. Yeah. Are there ever places of honor at these parties? Where is it that everybody wants to sit? Near the important people. Near the important people. Who who are important people? Whoever, like if it's a birthday party, whoever that centers around. Okay, whoever the birthday party's for. Anybody else, like, stick out to you guys? Yeah, yeah. It's usually it's usually the person of honor. It's it's the 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 person hosting or the one that the party's for. Every now and then, you might have somebody that is a distinguished guest. They're not necessarily who the the party's for, but but there's somebody who's kind of special that shows up, right? Now, I think about this when you go eat at a restaurant with a big party. You ever been to a restaurant? And there's like ten people going or twelve people going, and everybody's trying to sit where. In the middle. Why is everybody trying to sit in the middle? Because that's where all the conversation is. Yeah, that's where the conversation is. That's where the action's happening. That's where, where the people are, right? And you, you gather around the table, the most action's in the center. Plus, it's easiest to reach the food, right? I mean, of course. So here we are. There, there's this wedding happening. And there are these people of honor. Who do you think the people of honor are? The bride and groom. Bride and groom, right? I mean, it's, it's their special day. And so people are, are clamoring in to get close, and they're trying to be there. But if the day is about them, who should choose the place of honor? Probably. Probably the bride and groom, right? So put yourself in their situation for a second. You just spent your special day together. Exchange vows. You're, you're married to, to the love of your life now, and you go and you're ready to celebrate, and the waiter is just trying to sit next to you. Be like, hey, excuse me, sir. Um, I'd really like for my mom and dad to come sit here. I'd really like to share this day with them. And they're like, 
Oh, oh I'm so sorry. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, like, put yourself in that place and that mindset. Now, here's what I want to challenge you guys with. How have you seen this play out in your life? How do you see this play out in your schools, maybe even in our own youth group? Like, where is this story that 2,000 years ago really applied to them? What does it look like today for us? I guess kind of wherever you go eat at someone's house. Like, you have the person at the head of the table, and then normally it's the spouse that sits right beside them. Mm-hmm. And then the family along them. Yeah, like, even when we have people over to our house, Ashley and I still kind of sit in our usual spots. Um, on each side of Grayson so we can help tend to him. Um, but then there's everyone else. Where else? How do you see this play out in, in today's world? I mean, maybe just thinking you deserve things, like, that you don't even need, you don't even have a use for. You just think, oh, I deserve that because it's so great. Okay, so let's expand that out. How does that look in our culture today? That we just think we deserve something, even if it's not, like, not even important, right? How does that look? Say it's a phone, say it's a car, say it's nice clothes, say it's whatever material things you can really think of. Yeah. Phones. I mean, it's like we, we feel like we should have the latest iPhone, right? Like everybody's starting to get the new one. What are we up to now? 14? 15? 14. 14? Yeah, so we're up to 14. Like I'm rocking a 10 shattered screen. Like I wish I could operate my phone without getting cut, you know? Like we're really at that point now. Cars? A lot of you guys, you drove here today. Congratulations, getting your license today. Like, yeah, I know, special time. Um, Couldn't you... Do you ever feel like you should have a nicer car than you have? Yeah, because you're driving the same car that your sister and your brother drove. Yeah. And, and I think in our society today, we just feel like we should have these nicer things, these nicer places, this place of importance, when how thankful are you that you have a car? I'm thankful. Right? Like, it, it's a blessing and it's an excitement. And thankfully, you haven't had to be humbled in that situation yet, right? Right. How else? How do we see our, ourselves living in maybe a, an entitled time period? Maybe even in your own lives. Is there anything that you feel like you have acted upon because you felt you deserved it, but then had to turn around and and backtrack a little bit? Maybe like a position on the team or something. Like you think you need to be playing, but you're really not. Yeah, you know, it could be something as simple as it shows up in our, our teams. It shows up in these, these situations in which we we may have even really worked hard, but we're just not quite there yet. We've not really hit that point yet. Um, and it's even worse when we're out on the field and somebody, like, really does humble us. I mean, whether it be you play basketball and, like, I, I've watched you play. You're You're really an amazing defender. And I'm sure you get very frustrated when they get around you, when you're like, man, like I, I could have had that person. Yeah. Same thing in the soccer, you're, you're a goalie, you're right? Forward. Forward? Okay, so you're forward and, and just really wanting to be out there and to, to do your best and to, to get that shot off. But then for coach to come in and be like, nah, bro, I'm yanking you off. Like how crazy would it be you run out on the field before he's even told you you're starting? Okay. Look back at this story. 
he says in verse 8, when you are invited, he says, verse 8, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person. And then you will begin with the shame, you'll begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit at the lowest place. Now this makes me think of Christ. When he invites his, his disciples up for that, for that final supper, that celebration of the Passover, what does he do before they all go and sit down at the table? He washes their feet. He washes their feet. Now what is so crazy about that? Who does foot washing? Servants. Servants usually, right? And, and here's the deal. With with their day and time, uh, I mean, our audience may not know me, but what am I always wearing on my feet? Chocos. Chocos. Like, I always have sandals on, right? And, like, there's probably not one of you sitting here with me today who would just be excited to sit down and wash my feet. Right? Any takers? No. I'm no. Not. All right. So it's one of those things. And you can imagine in this in this terrain that they would have lived in, this this dusty climate – how dirty their feet had to have been. And, and the Messiah, you know, God in flesh, Emmanuel, kneels down and washes their feet. What a beautiful message that is. It's one that we're challenged to live with. It's one that we're pushed to go off of. But this idea of you are just a, a part. You are just a, a, a vessel and there's so much more to be done. There's so much more that can be done. The opposite side of this. How many of you guys have been the person who's been called up from the shadows? Where they've like, somebody's come up to you and said, dude, like, come sit with me. Like, I, want you, I want you by my side. I want you to be the one next to me at my birthday party. Right? Yeah. Come on, girl. Yeah. 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 Right? Come on that, that road trip with me. Come come hang out. Come do this. Hey, you just feel so good and you're beaming from ear to ear. Here's what's really beautiful about this story. It's followed by another feast story. It's followed by another parable that Jesus tells because he's, he's giving them this, this long, drawn-out point of looking at people differently. Of not just looking at yourself and what you have and what you can offer, but being willing to see people for who they are, who God sees them as. So, would one of y'all, I want y'all to read this next parable for us. So, the parable of the great banquet starts at verse 12. Can you take us? Sure. All right, Ella. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat and feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. 
At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, What you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in, so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. So, before we dive into this, what are just some, some thoughts you have about this, this parable, this story that he just shares? What stands out to you? The fact that uh, he said um, not one of those people that he invited originally did not deserve to be there anymore mm-hmm. after turning his offer down. Right, and, and what kind of people was it he was inviting? The rich and the people that he's close with. Yeah, it's his people, right? Uh, looking at this, something that stands out to me, the excuses they give. Yeah. Well, like, does that stand out to you guys? They seem pretty valid. You feel like they're valid excuses? He just got married. I mean, yeah, that probably is a good one. I honestly was thinking about that when we were prepping for today. <laughs> I ended up going on a retreat two weeks after my marriage uh, to Ashley. She went with me. Like, we, we went together. Uh, we... Honestly, though, we we had we got married, we had our honeymoon, and then the next weekend we went on a retreat uh, with a youth group uh, from Oklahoma. So, like, <laughs> I kind of get it, but at the same time, it is a good excuse. Like, you need to to tend to your to your your wife in that situation. Um, what about the first one though? I bought what was it the is that the, the oxen right? No, he bought a field. Okay, yeah, the field. He bought a field and he has to go do what with it? He's got to go look at it. Got to look at that field. Like, what a crazy thing, right? You just didn't been invited to this, this big party, this big event, and you're like, man, I'm so sorry. You know, like, I, I bought a plot of land and I got to go look at it. Like, I got to go see what's going on. Y'all ever done that? Ever, like, hey, sorry, I can't go to your party. I just bought a new shirt and I need to go look at it. I just, I just need to go see how it fits, right? I just think some of these, like, yes, the, the marriage one is valid. But some of these, with the with what's going on, man, somebody, somebody's asking you to be a part of their life. Somebody's asking you to, to come and to show up. And I do wonder sometimes, what should our response be with that? But that's not the point of this parable, right? What ends up happening because these people don't show up? He invites all the poor, the lame, the blind. Yeah, the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. I mean, what types of people would they have been in this society? Would they have been the ones that were well off? No. When you think about scripture and you hear about characters like this, people who, especially the crippled, blind, and lame, where are they generally found within the city? On the streets. On the streets, or even at the gates, right? Like they are pushed out, and even pushed out of the city. Because what worth do they have, right? So, 
let me ask you guys this question. I asked you all ago, like, how does the, the first one play out in our lives? And I think sometimes it's hard to talk about times and situations that we have either been humbled or, or have been lifted up. But has there ever been a time in your life that you felt like you were the one on the outskirts? Have you ever felt like you were the, the lame or the crippled or the, the, the blind person that has just been sitting at the gates longing to be at a banquet? I'd say so. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things that no matter how often, for at least one time in every person's life, we have that moment that that we just feel like we are at the bottom of the barrel. But I want to flip this story on its head for a second. Have you ever felt like you're the person throwing the party? Have you ever felt like you're the one that you just had this expectation that certain people were going to show up in your life? Certain people were gonna were gonna be there that were that were gonna be by your side and, and celebrate what you're celebrating and 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 rejoice with you. But it was a whole different group of people or a whole different person that showed up. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell me the situation, but kind of tell me what what was your mindset like? Like what was going on in your brain when those things were happening? I was very disappointed. Okay. What what brought about disappointment? You expected those people to want to come and be a part of your life, but then you realized how much they weren't in that very moment. Mm-hmm. Sad. Okay. Because you really wanted this person to just show up magically out of nowhere in your life, and instead you got something completely different that you did not ask for. Mm-hmm. What were you feeling? I was going to say, like, disappointed as well, just because... Um, like, why did I even expect that anyway, kind of? Yeah. Almost like, why did I bother? Why did I even send the invitation? What a waste of paper. What about you? What emotion was kind of going through your head? I feel, like, angry. Like, like okay. the people close to me wouldn't even come to something I would like to do, but the people I don't even know showed up. Right? Well, let me ask you this. At any point in it, though, like after it started and the party started rolling and, and you found yourself actually kind of having a good time and you got past the, the disappointment of, of your original guest not showing, what was going through your brain? I realized those were my people. Yeah, those were your people. What else? You stopped missing the people you invited originally. Yeah, you start missing the people that weren't even there to begin with. You wanted one person to show up so bad that you completely forgot what you actually needed to be there. Mm-hmm. So I uh, uh, was talking through this uh, before we got going, and, and I told this the story I'd recently heard. And I wasn't sure if I was going to share it, but I am. And it was about this guy, and he was very similar situation. He was excited to throw this this big banquet for his for his friends. And so he tells one of his hired hands, he says, go into the city and invite all the people that I know. Invite all of my people. And so what the hired hand does is he runs through the city yelling that the the farmer's house was on fire and they needed help putting it out. And so what happens is all these random people start grabbing buckets and they take off to the farm to help put the fire out. And they arrive and it's just this big banquet. But the people that didn't show, because the farmer goes up to his hired hand and says, where are my people? Where, where, where are my friends at? And then the hired hand says, they couldn't be bothered to come when I told them your house was on fire. 
it's one of those things that I, I'm sure they're, they're, this isn't a story that pertains to every friend in our lives, right? This, isn't, this story here doesn't equate to every party we ever throw. But I think there is some importance here when we start to realize and think about who are the people in my life? Are they the people that I'm desperately desiring to be there? Or are they the people that I need to be there? Or even better yet, are they the people that I can serve? Because bounce back to the first parable we read. What place are we supposed to be in? The one of honor or the one of humility? Humility. Humility, right? I mean, compare that back to Christ. How did Christ show his humility? Just overall in the grand scheme of things. He served everyone he could. He served everyone he could. Every single person he came in contact with, he was willing to serve. One of my favorite ways to think about it is he would touch the lepers. The very people that were without that that contact, he would reach out and touch. How else? How else do you feel Christ emulates this humility? I mean, he died on the cross. Right? I mean, just the fact he was willing to, to take on our sins. He himself didn't sin. But he was willing to say, you know what, Clark, I'll take yours and Jocelyn and Benjamin and Ella, Spencer, and everybody else out there listening to us today. And then everyone not listening to us today. And everyone, like he died for everyone. He never had to. It's even crazier to think about where was Christ before he came to earth? He was in heaven, right? Can you imagine leaving heaven to come down here? Can you imagine sitting at the best seat at the party and having to go to the lowest? Willingly. Willingly. Just for you. Just for us. Just for anyone who ever hears his message. It's a beautiful thing, right? So looking at these these two stories together, looking at this idea of humility, but then going into the, the idea of who you invite to the party. Who needed the party the most in that second parable? All the poor and the blind people. The ones that showed up, right? So let me ask you this. If Jesus is throwing a banquet, who shows up? The people that need him. The people that need him, right? It's not the ones who feel like they have it all together. Because they're going to keep doing their business. They're going to keep go look at their field, right? <laughs> Still crazy to me. They're going to keep living that life. They're going to keep checking the boxes. They're going to keep doing the things. They're going to keep trying to chug along. But as each of us sit here, and just knowing what I know about each of you guys and, and how life has gone, there is a piece of you that has had that moment where you've said, either A, I can't do this anymore, or B, I don't want to do this anymore. Those really are kind of two different things. And you realize that you found yourself at the feet of Christ. What a beautiful thing, right? 
Satan tries to tell us we're not invited to the banquet. He tries to tell us you, you're not supposed to be there. Go back to your, your street. Go back to the city gate. Go back with your mats. Go back with your, your, your life without. Because you don't belong there. But Christ says, no. You're the very person I wanted there. That's who I wanted to begin with. Because you, you responded. You see. You showed up. So looking at all this, I want to hear from you guys. How do we take these stories? How do we take these parables? I mean, what, what a crazy thing, right? You know, that's what we're saying. Now that's the story, right? Mm-hmm. People willing to step up and step out. How do we take that and put it into today's world? Friends won't always be there. Okay, maybe your friends won't always be there, right? And people you don't think are your friends can be your friends. And you never know. That's one of the coolest things about life, honestly. Is you honestly just never know. You never know who's going to turn up in your life and and show up and show out, right? How else does this look in in today's world? What, What do we walk away with? I guess when you're actually truly struggling, you can see who your people are and see who will be there for you. Mm-hmm. And they that, can be at your banquet. That reevaluation, right? I love that. To be open-minded towards um, whatever gets thrown your way. You know, like we said, um, if there are, like, people who you wanted to show up in your life who mm-hmm. don't and they get replaced with other people... Don't instantly be filled with rage, sadness, or disappointment that that person got brought into your life. Instead, look at it as a you know different opportunity, a, a new person, mm-hmm. a, a new people, a new a new part of your tribe. It can be an exciting thing if we just open ourselves up to it. I think one thing for me that that really sticks out is just this idea of of not just seeing other people, but seeing myself differently. Uh, the way our culture operates, guys, and I think you agree with me, it's so easy to just think something should be mine, whether it be because I put in the work or because of who I am or just because I want it, I should have it. To really ask myself or myself within the situation, is this really where you belong? And not in a self-deprecating kind of way, right? But just in a way of, Man, that person's pretty cool. Like they're they're doing some amazing things and, and they're talented and they have a lot to offer. I, I want them to step up. I, I want to celebrate them and their victories. And then at the same time, just asking myself, who am I putting myself around? You know, is it, is it really people who need me, or is it just people who maybe want me? And just taking that time to to see people differently and to see. Benjamin, how is it I can serve you? You know, I, I don't want to just have you around because you can offer me stuff, right? Give me a ride somewhere now. But, but how can I how can I turn it around and, and, and be someone who's walking alongside you? And the same for, for each of us and all of us. Um, do you have any, any thoughts, anything that stuck out to you? Don't be that person who only is around you for convenience. Be that servant. Be humble in your relationships. 
right? That the convenient friendships can be great, and that's honestly how we develop our initial friendships. It's similar circles, or you're in the same class at school, or however that works out, right? But but then as you grow and as you mature, your your friendships do begin to shift. And I know this is something we talked about recently with you guys. We don't show up to church to see what we can get, right? What do we show up for? To give. We show up to give. We show up to serve. And essentially that's what Jesus is getting at here is you you live your life seeing people as, as worthy and seeing people as, as things to be um, to be served, not to be served by. It's an amazing, beautiful thing. So, did y'all learn something from the parables today? Mm-hmm. You feel excited about life? Are you ready to go out and see people differently? Yep. Do you see yourselves even differently? Kind of, yeah. Good. A little bit of a different perspective. Good. So when the sixth graders walk in tonight, like, you're just going to go and, like, lift them up on your shoulders and carry them around like they're... Yeah, I'll put on my shoulders. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. That's what I want to see. Well, we thank you guys for joining us. I hope you have learned. I hope you've enjoyed. And I hope you yourselves will go out and, and live a, a humble life, both within your own walk, but then how you see others as well. So, take care.